Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Hi there. Today is Thursday, October the 20th. This is the Illuminated Word, and I'm David McLean. Our reading today is going to come from Philippians. We're going to read chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, and then we will read chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. So, Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 reads, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. And in chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which He will bring everything under His control. I kind of want to do something a little different today uh, on this podcast, kind of go off the the beaten path a little bit, uh, because I had a conversation earlier this week which kind of been rolling over in my head over and over again, some things that uh, I thought of. And, uh, and then I read this passage for this podcast and thought, well, that, you know, Paul kind of speaks to that. So did you know that if you type into Google the answer to life, the answer to the universe and everything in it, it's going to tell you the answer is 42. Which if you, you know, know anything about pop culture, that was announced by Douglas Adams in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And of course, Adams meant it as a joke. This guy named Peter Gill comes along and releases a book that tries to prove that 42 is the answer. He says, for example, Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, died at age 42. They had 42 grandchildren. Their great-grandson, Edward VIII, abdicated at the age of 42. Uh, says you know he talks about other things like the Titanic was traveling at a speed equivalent to 42 kilometers an hour when it collided with an iceberg. And then, of course, the, you know, the, the undeniable evidence. Elvis Presley died at age 42. <laughs> but the point is that there is this desire within all of us to have an answer to these questions. Why are we here? What are we doing on earth? What is the purpose of my life? And so the, the real struggle is if great philosophers struggle with the question, and if scientists are not able to explain what purpose lies behind life, Can I really do it? In his book, uh, Thank God It's Monday, Mark Green reminds us that in the beginning, God started work. And for six days, he worked and then he rested. And so God's work of creation reflects who he is because he made humanity in his image. He instilled creativity in us and gave us work to do. Literally in the beginning, before sin affected uh, man and woman, before it affected humanity, humanity was designed for work. And that work was given as a blessing. So in Genesis, we read this, that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So the sin in Adam and Eve and the continuing inclination of hearts to rebel against God led to a change in the character of work. Work would become harder. But the command to work 
and the essential value of work remains. And, and we can't just limit our idea to work uh, or, or of work to something we get paid for because Adam was not told to work for a salary, for a check. And the work he was given can really be done by almost everyone filling the earth and taking care of it. That was the purpose given to humanity when God made us. And then even in the Ten Commandments, it's reiterated. We're to work at something for six days and then rest for one day. And But, however, despite what the media suggests and what our culture says, our significance and our identity is not found in the work we do. Our identity does not come from a job title, a role, or a moment of fame. And Paul knew that humanity's primary function our, our primary goal and purpose is to bring glory to our Creator God and to enjoy Him for all eternity. And so our significance, our identity, is located within a living relationship with our Creator God. Think about Paul. Paul was once a murderer and a persecutor of Christians. And then later in his life, after his conversion to Jesus, he, he faced false accusations. There was mob violence. There was an assassination plot. He was shipwrecked on his way to Rome and of course, now in what we just read, he's imprisoned, uncertain whether he was going to be executed or not. So Paul writes to the Philippian church that I eagerly expect and hope that I will not be ashamed. He tells about I'm not worried about life or death, not worried about living or dying. Matter of fact, to, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, for me to live is Christ. So Paul says living means fruitful labor. Living, following Jesus gives us fruitful labor. So what about us? What fruitful labor is there for us if we are you know, stuck in a job that we can't bear or chained to a situation or condition that's painful or debilitating or we're confined by circumstances? What is our purpose? Why are we here on earth? Back to Mark Green. Maybe our purpose, he puts it, is to co-labor with the king of the universe imagine, imagine that being our job description, co-labor with the king of the universe. Paul was chained to his captors, and yet he found purpose and meaning in every day. He couldn't go outside. He had no social life. He had almost no choices available to him. He was in chains, and yet he shared the good news of Jesus Christ with his guards. He didn't say, I can't do anything in the moment, so I'll wait until I'm released. No. Instead, he got on with his God-appointed task. Just a few lines later, uh, past our reading today, Paul writes, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We're called to be citizens of God's kingdom, to be patriotic, glad to be part of his family. We're called, just like Israel was called, to be a light to the nations. That's why Jesus said, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, we're here to work, to look after the world, to know God and enjoy Him forever, and to shine His lights in the world for Him so that others will also come to praise Him too. Our meaning and our purpose is all found in Him and because of Him. Now, the reality is sometimes God makes His plan for our lives clear. Walk this path, take this job, move to this area, get involved with this ministry, invite that couple for dinner, visit that widow at home. But then other times, God has told us in the Bible what He wants us to do, and He leaves us freedom to pursue His priorities. To love God and neighbor, love our enemies, look after the earth, seek peace, pray for our leaders, welcome children, pray for the sick, 
God longs to harness the gifts he's given for us in his service. But the crucial factor is that he calls us all to fully surrender to him. But sadly, way too often we opt for personal safety and security and not full surrender to God. Mark Twain in his book, For What It's Worth, seems to be anticipating some future regret. and He warns, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So throw off the bowlines, sell away from the harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. You know, you talk about a boat, a boat is safe in the harbor. But as long as it stays in the harbor, it's not fulfilling its purpose. It's not fulfilling its job. It has to be taken out. And yeah, it's more, more dangerous out in the water, out in the ocean, than it is at harbor. But that's where it belongs. That's where its purpose is fulfilled. You know, sometimes God takes and uses the hard, painful, messy situations in which we find ourselves, and he uses them to actually bless others and to draw us closer to him. I think about the Old Testament uh, story of Daniel. Daniel wanted so bad to be in Jerusalem. Early on in life, his world was shattered when the Babylonian army carted him, him and, and many others off to Babylon, where he was forced to live amongst a foreign people with a different language, different gods, different food, different culture. Some Sometimes we may have found ourselves in situations that we never would have chosen to be in, asking, why am I here? Where is God? What's he doing? What are his purposes in this situation? Daniel and his friends, they poured themselves into the experience, even though they didn't want to be there. But they did what they had to do, and they were often aware of God at work. And, and folks, today, just as then, God is at work in our circumstances. And so if we find ourselves living in a second-choice world, a world that we would not have chosen for ourselves, like Daniel, it can be precisely such a place in which we discover what matters and what does not. Sharing the journey with others, making friends and being a friend helps immensely. And if we live in this second-choice world for a long time, God will offer us many opportunities to build our lives on solid foundations. And those foundations will be built through prayer and relationship with God. And when we see people go through tough situations, situations that they would have never chosen, if we go through them with God, then our lives will reveal something of God's grace. A life well-lived in tough circumstances will point to God. And it's just as much an opportunity for the gospel as being given a chance to take a high-profile job. Scripture tells us that every Christian is called to be salt and light. We're sent to go into the world to make new disciples, to be ambassadors for Christ, to be his witnesses, to live for him. Ultimately, that is what our life is all about. Often we find ourselves beaten up by our situation instead of built up by it. Until weeks become months and months turn into years. And one day you're looking back on a life of deep, intimate, gut-wrenchingly honest conversations you've never had. Great, bold prayers you never prayed. Exhilarating risks you never took. Sacrificial gifts we never offered. Lives we never touched. And then we're sitting in a recliner with a shriveled soul and forgotten dreams. And we realized there was a world of desperate need and a great calling that God has called us to be a part of something, something bigger than ourselves. One day we might see the person that we could have become but did not because we didn't follow our calling, 
We never got out of the boat. We may not have said we were ashamed, but our lives said differently. That we did not declare or live boldly for Christ, but instead we opted for safety and security. The purpose of life, the answer is not 42. The answer is found in a relationship with the God who made us, the God who loves us, and the God who sent his son, Jesus, to rescue us. Our search for meaning and purpose is found in Christ alone. But we also need to be prepared to work out our calling within our changing situations. Thank you for listening, not just today, but each time you listen to The Illuminated Word. Our hope is that this podcast encourages you each time. Maybe you learned something new you didn't know before, but that it would encourage you to continue living your faith as you move uh, throughout your day. And of course, our prayer is also that you would see opportunities that God has opened for you each day to be a blessing to those around you in some form or fashion. And until next time you listen to the Illuminated Word, have a blessed day.